Say you're going to a job that you're not quite sure about, but you sure want to accomplish it. You want to be successful in it. You want to win. But you have this toolbox and it doesn't have any tools in it. Today, I'm going to give you the tools that you need to stand and fight for your miracle that you've been wishing for. So come on along. You won't want to miss it. Be sure that you at least put that notepad and that pen in there so you can keep things written down so that you'll have them with you all the time. last time I ended on God's word and his promises are always conditional. You notice that he talks about how you are to do your part and he will do his. So here are the scriptures that will help you um, in your journey here to your miracles. Psalms 37, 4 through 5 says, delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Proverbs sixteen seven says, When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. James 4, 7, 8, and 10 says, Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. James 5, 15 through 16 says, Confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. Remember that Abraham, his faith was counted as his righteousness. God is bigger than any of your mistakes. If you know you've messed up, don't berate yourself or fall into discouragement. As you know, Satan would just love that. And don't accept self-condemnation, for Jesus doesn't put thoughts of condemnation into your mind. It's Satan once again. Surprise, surprise. When that happens, I want you to go immediately to the throne of grace and ask for and receive your forgiveness and remain in fellowship with God. You may be asking, how can I ever ask God to forgive me again? He must be really disgusted with me and tired of forgiving me. All are straight from the pit of hell and Satan himself. He wants nothing more than to make you think that God is mad at you, that he couldn't possibly love you. He puts all of these thoughts in your head. You really need to walk and be in love. So confess 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7 in the first person. Charity means love, and you need to be loved. So say, I do not envy. I endure all things. 
I am not easily provoked, etc. And then say, um, if you're the person that's waiting on your marriage to be healed, I then want you to say the same thing for your partner. Put their name in there. Before Jesus comes, we're going to need all of the love that we can get. So we need to start now. The word is alive. The Bible's word is alive. It's active and energizing and will become part of who you are now. It will. The more you do it, the more it becomes you. Let's get you praying. Let's teach you how to begin praying and soon it will become a common language of love for you. Either you're already saved or you're recommitting your life to Christ or maybe, you know, you've never given your life to Christ. So this is the perfect time to do so. You see, Romans 10 verses 9 through 19 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God hath risen him from the dead and shall be saved. For with the heart of man believeth into the righteousness and with thy mouth confess, confession is made unto salvation. If you say, well, I've done that all my life in church with everyone else and every Sunday. What's the big deal? Nothing happened to me then. But this time, just you. Just you are going to step out of the meaningless ritual and make a heart commitment with Jesus. Who goes about the intents of the heart and will fill you with his love and his Holy Spirit and strength to stand on faith until your marriage or your miracle is healed. So right now, whatever and wherever you are, open your mouth and say, Father God, right now I want to invite your son Jesus into my heart. I make him my Savior, my Lord. I accept everything you did on the cross for me. Jesus, I am sorry for every sin I ever committed. And I ask your forgiveness, and I receive it now. Take over my life, Lord. You lead, and I will follow you to the best of my ability. And now I thank you for feeling me with your Holy Spirit. I am now born again and a legal child of the Most High God. Satan, I renounce you. You will never lord it over me again. Jesus is my Lord. Praise you, Jesus. And I love you, Jesus. If you just became born again, I want to welcome you to the family of God. If you are certain that your husband or your wife is not born again, then pray for them to receive Christ right now. With all of these prayers, if you have a trusted Christian friend or friends praying for you, you can agree according to Matthew 18, 19. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Now, this doesn't mean to run and grab any Christian you can find and get them to agree with you. Most would say, sure, I will, before they even found out of what you wanted them to agree on. 
When someone agrees with you, they must believe in their heart as much as you do and be willing to confess that it's done. In spite of what others, uh, what other things may look like or sound like after you pray. Father God, I come before your throne to claim the salvation of my husband or wife. And I know I'm praying according to your will because you say in 1 Timothy 2, 4, that you will to have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth of the gospel. I ask you to place the word-filled born-again Christians in his or her path every day to tell him or her about the peace of Jesus. I know you, and I know you will do this. Father, because in Mark 11, verse 24, you say, I can have what I desire when I pray if I believe I have it. And Father, I believe I have it now. And I thank you for it. I ask and receive all of this in the precious name of Jesus, my Lord. It is truly a time to get to know Jesus better, better than you've ever done so before. Do not try to tell your mate about the changes in you. There's no use in doing that. Let them notice it. When Jesus starts molding you and making you into the person that you've always been meant to be, it will easily show. Let the light just shine out of you. And then I promise your mate is going to notice and even say to him or her, or even to you, there's something different, something very different about you. Now, there you go. That's the time. That's the time that you can go ahead then and tell them about Jesus. I shared with you about journaling and how I feel it's very important. It is the it is the best way to write it out, to write out your prayers for the healing of your marriage or whatever it is that you're believing for. Because whenever Satan assaults your mind with doubt and fears, you can wave the prayer or the journal in his face. And you can say, Satan, it is written. And defeat him with the sword of the word, just like Jesus did every time that Jesus was tempted by Satan. Father God, I come before you to obtain help in the time of need. I believe Jesus when he said that in Luke 4, 18, that he is empowered of the Spirit to heal the brokenhearted. I understand that according to 1 John 5, verses 14 through 15, if I pray anything according to your will, you will hear me. And I have the petition desired in Mark eleven twenty four. I have whatever I desire when I pray. I know my prayer is according to your will because you say in Matthew 19, 6, What God had joined together, let no man put asunder. And again, put asunder means to take apart or to separate. Now, here's a really important one for you, no matter what your miracle is. In Mark 11, verse 23, God says, Speak to the mountain, so I say to my marriage or my problem, Be healed. And to any thought or plans of divorce or destruction, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. 
I take authority over you, Satan, and I break your assignments on me and my marriage and my family and any other problem that I face. You are rendered helpless and inoperative in Jesus' name. I bind all demonic spirits that have harassed my family with and Matthew 1818, it says, whatever is bound on earth is bound in heaven, and whatever is loosed in the earth is loosed in heaven. I now loose love and healing into my family and into my marriage in the name of Jesus. Now, I thank you. I thank you, Father, for starting the spiritual wheels turning to manifest my prayer in the physical. I release my faith on it, and I believe that I have it now. Right now, I have it. I praise you, and I give you all the glory and the honor. And here it is, and here it is right here and right now. I pledge not to keep the good news of how Jesus heals marriages to myself, but I will tell it to other families in trouble who will see our living testimony. Set a watch on my lips, Father, to confess only what your word says, that my marriage is healed. Help me to walk by faith and not by sight, not by what I see, but what I know will happen. Second Corinthians 5, 7. Help me to cast down all the foolish imaginations and according to Second Corinthians 10, 5. From now on, my confession is that my God has healed my marriage. I thank you, Father, and I receive this prayer in the precious name of Jesus, my Lord. I pray all of this in agreement according to Matthew 18, 19. Now, this is your prayer, too. So, If you can write it down, if you can pray it every day, I can list it in the description of this podcast. You will find it. You can also find this in um, the story on dianahudgens.com on marriage, our story. Also, when you're feeling discouraged, if you're someone standing for the healing of your marriage, you just keep listening to this particular podcast. Save it. Keep going back to it because I promise you there are going to be those times and you're going to have to hear it again because you will want to be encouraged. And Satan, he's going to try everything he can to drag and pull you down. I promise that. And he's laughing and hackling and you want to silence him. You do and you know you do. So take that, Satan. It is written in 1 John 3, 8 that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. In Colossians 2, verse 15, it says, Jesus spoiled your principalities and powers and made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in hell. You are a defeated foe. I bind you, Satan, over my marriage, my family, and my life in the name of Jesus. All power in earth and in heaven is in the name of Jesus. That's your most powerful weapon right there, in the name of Jesus. Matthew twenty-eight eighteen says so. Satan, you are overcome by the blood of the Lamb of Jesus and by the word of my testimony. 
I will accept no doubts or fears from you, Satan, and I rebuke you in the name of Jesus, and I command you out of my thoughts, because I am a child of God, and you are an illegal trespasser. I resist you in the name of Jesus, and the word of God says so in James 4, 7, that you will flee from me. So, be gone. You don't have to have all of the answers in your Christian faith to have God operate fully in your life. Don't worry about it. It doesn't matter if you're new to the faith or have been raised in the faith. Confess Ephesians 1.17 on yourself, that you have the spirit of the wisdom and the revelation in the knowledge of God. You have not because you ask not. Now, here's another thing. I want to encourage you not to give in to that pity party of talking with others about spouses and their faults. Never, even if you have a good marriage, do not do this. Resist the impulse to join in on those type of conversations. They're no good. When you have a problem in your marriage or anything, talk to God about it. Talk to God about it first. And if he wants you to speak to someone else about it, you must pray about it first and see what he has to say on the matter. You know, if it's somebody that's a professional or someone who is really strong in the faith and that you trust, that may be a different story. But seek God first in all of these kinds of things. First Peter 3, 8-13 says, Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion on one another. Love as brethren. Be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrariwise blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and will see good days. Let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. For the eyes of the Lord are of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And who is he that will harm you if be followers of that which is good. A Christ-centered marriage means you are one flesh, and this is what you want. This is what you want. You are asking for God whenever you ask God to heal your marriage. You are really talking against yourself whenever you gossip about your partner, and Satan can only tell if his little games are working on you. If he hears it out of your mouth, He's going to know it's working, or if he sees it by your actions, so remember that before you act. Whenever the both of you are together working on this marriage, you need to practice talking things over, praying about it, and correcting it in love, binding Satan over the whole situation. And you know why? Because then Satan sees that he lost his dirty work in your life. You see, He can't tear apart two as easily as he can one. So work together. Philippians 4 verses 6 through 7 says, Be careful or anxious for nothing, 
but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God will pass us all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ. Pray desired qualities into your mate. Ask God to put qualities into your mate. Pray unquenchable thirst for the word on him or her. Confess Ephesians 1.17. And find other promises and confessions and confess them over them, over your mate, over yourself, over your marriage. Pray and then thank God that your partner now possesses the desires of those very prayers. Maybe not right away, but one day you will begin to see and hear those prayers manifested in your mate, and you can smile, and you can know that those things originated, and they did so in your prayers and from you. God is so gentle. He loves people. He loves them into changing with no nagging on your part. It's painless. And you've got the peace and that passeth understanding reigning in your life. There are so many areas of our lives that we need prayer. So many. And confession. We need to confess it over us. Confess Philippians 4.19 daily. Whether or not you need money. If you do, speak to that mountain of financial that financial need, and cast it into the sea. Say, bank account, be full. Money, go into my bank account. Financial lack, be gone. I have been redeemed. Look at the word in every situation, not the symptoms. If your aim is your healed marriage, it's to make all the decisions together, then together be in unity. The unity of one flesh mindset that God intends for you to have. Pray about that because I'm telling you, it doesn't even matter if you're separated or not. This very thing works. It works whether you're together or not. So if you're not separated, you're not talking about divorce. You just kind of have this um, uh, mediocre marriage and you want a better one. Do just these things I've been talking to you about. It will make your marriage stronger and better, and you'll be so much happier, you and your mate. You know, when you ask God for something, you know, you think, oh, if he'd just give me this, I'd be so happy. I'd be, it'd just be awesome. But you know what I found was when I ask God for something, he gives me so much more. When I'm committed to that, when I'm staying in that, I'm I'm spending time with him every day. I'm believing for it. I'm standing on his word, his promises. I'm believing for it. He gives me so much more. I got in my marriage so much more than I could have ever imagined by doing these very things. Doing these very things. So whatever your issue is, that you're believing for, that you're waiting for, your miracle that you want, these things work. They work. You see, uh, one flesh couples, they share, they weigh, they pray, and they decide which way to go and move together in the support of a mutual decision. That's what marriage is about. You know, you get a partner in life, a partner in life, and you must partner together in that life and work together. 
You don't have this marriage where one's just ruling the roost. No, it's about working together, believing together, you know, and and spending that time together, making decisions. It's your life's together. That's what it is. It's not this bossy person ruling everything. No, it doesn't work that way. It's not happy that way. You may think you're happy because you're the boss, but your partner, what about them? It's working together. We are simply going to continue on the next time. So be sure to come back. Be sure to pray about these things today and be encouraged by them because life is meant to be so much more. I love you guys. I look forward to sharing with you again next time. Thank you.